Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the June 22nd edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, episode 112 of the series. First off, I'd like to apologize. I think the connection might be a little choppy again, but hopefully it clears itself out a little later. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and tonight's episode, Michael Molly and myself will review this past weekend of racing and chat about what other exciting news of the world of modern motorsports pops into the conversation. Last weekend was another busy one in the world of motorsports. Tanner Faust claimed the championship lead for the first time in the 2017 Red Bull Global Rallycross season with a statement victory at the Canada Aviation and Space Museum on Sunday. Faust, who finished second the day before to local favorite Steve Arpin, used a brilliant launch off the line to claim victory and close out the doubleheader event. Part of the Ottawa 2017 celebration of the 150th anniversary of the Confederation of Canada. Determined to come back from missing Saturday's final, Scott Speed carried the momentum of the morning's Big Rig Brewery Poll Award into the heats and semifinals, sweeping his way into the top starting spot in the finals. Next to him, teammate Tanner Faust had won the second semifinal with Mitchell DeJong on the outside. After an aborted start due to a Chris Atkinson rollover, all 10 cars returned to the grid to try again. This time, Faust and DeJong would both get the best of speed off the line to run 1, 2, 3 in the early stages. Dijong would hold off speed for the first 9-plus laps, but on the final straightaway, speed pulled forward to take second place by 0.195 seconds. Ontario native Arpin would fail to finish the race after first lap contact, dropping him to second in the standings. In GRC Lights, Cyril Raymond recovered from a pair of disappointing heat results to win his semifinal and take the top starting spot. He used a terrific launch in the final to take an early lead, never looking back on the way to his fourth consecutive victory. Dryan Reinbold racing as Travis Pecoy nipped Alex Keyes at the finish line to grab second as the teammates completed the podium. The second half of the 2017 Red Bull Global Rallycross season picks up on July 8th and 9th with a brand new event at Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis. Tickets are available now at RedBullGlobalRallyCross.com slash tickets. The Red Bull Global Rallycross Indianapolis can be seen on Sunday, July 9th at 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Troy Coughlin powered to the NHRA JMA Service Pro Mod Drag Racing Series victory Sunday at the NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals at Bristol Dragway. This weekend's Pro Mod Racing, presented by the Real Pro Mod Association, was the seventh of 12 events on the 2017 schedule. Coughlin ran a 5.878 second pass at 253.09 miles per hour in his Jags mail order 15 Corvette to defeat number one qualifier Shane Molinari and his S&T Truck Repair Incorporated 68 Firebird at a 5.881 at 254.76 for his first win of the season. It was Coughlin's second consecutive final round appearance and his 10th career win. He is currently second in points, while Mike Castellan maintains the points lead after a quarterfinal finish. The NHRA JNA Service ProMod Drag Racing visits Norwalk, Ohio for the Summit Racing Equipment NHRA Nationals at Summit Racing Equipment Motorsports Park this weekend, June 22nd to the 25th. 
While the layout may have been new, the tradition was much the same when the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship made its annual visit to southwest Pennsylvania for the Red Bull High Point National at the Venerable High Point Raceway. RCH, Yoshimura, Suzuki Factory Racing riders Brock Tickle and Justin Bogle into round four with momentum on their side and kept the wheels turning with solid efforts in both premier 450-class motos. Tickle parlayed a pair of fourth-place finishes into a third-place overall showing to collect his first podium of the 2017 Pro Motocross campaign. The top three efforts, powered by the Holly Michigan rider from eighth to fifth in points, right now paces sixth place Vogel by three markers as the series closes out the first third of the season. Vogel logged his seven to nine efforts Saturday afternoon and was scored ninth overall at day's end. The 24-year-old 450-class sophomore slipped in sixth in the championship, where just three points separate him from Tickle, first spot in the top five. Next weekend, the 12-race protocol Pro Motocross Tour rolls through the Volunteer State, where Tennessee's Muddy Creek Raceway will host the series on Saturday afternoon. Clay Milligan piloted his Parts Plus Great Clips Dragster to his first career top fuel victory on Sunday at the 17th Annual NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals at Bristol Dragway. Ron Capps in Funny Car and Alex Laughlin in Pro Stock were also winners in their respective categories at the 11th event of 24 on the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series schedule. Milliken, a Tennessee native, raced a 3.825-second pass at 316.38 miles per hour to defeat Leah Pritchett, who raced a 3.881 at 307.09 miles per hour in her Papa John's dragster. He became the 103rd different driver to win in top fuel. This was Milliken's 254th NHRA top fuel start in the ninth final round of his career. Milliken battled past Kyle Wurzel, Brittany Fork, and Steve Torrance en route to the finals. Pritchett squared up against Troy Coughlin Jr., Scott Palmer, and Sean Langdon before falling to Milliken in the final round. Milliken is seventh in points, while Pritchett moved from third to second with the runner-up finish. Torrance now has possession of the top field points lead. Defending Funny Car World Champion Caps raced to his fifth victory of the season and 55th of his career in the Nap Auto Parts Dodge Charger RT. He went on a whole shot against Don Schumacher racing teammate Jack Beckham in his Infinite Hero Foundation Dodge Charger RT with a pass of 4.054 seconds at 317.05 miles per hour. Caps ties John Force with most funny car victories at Bristol Dragway with four apiece on their resume. Before entering the final round, Caps defeated Alexis DeJoria, Robert Height, and teammate Matt Hagen. Beckman sailed past Cruz Pedregon, Courtney Force, and teammate Tommy Johnson Jr. before seeing Caps for the second consecutive final round. Beckman defeated Caps in the finals at the event in English Town in Pro Stock. Laughlin clinched his first Wally of the season and second of his career with a perfect reaction time in the finals. He powered his Gas Monkey Energy Chevrolet Camaro to a 6.718 at 205.04 miles per hour to defeat Bo Butner and his Jim Butner's Auto Chevy Camaro. Laughlin is the eighth different pro stock winner this season. Laughlin raced past Alan Johnson, number one qualifier Jake Coughlin, and rookie Tanner Gray before facing Butner in the following round. Butner lined up against Wally Strupp and two-time world champion Eric Enders en route to his fourth final round appearance this season. The 2017 Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series continues at the 11th Annual Summit Racing Equipment and Trade Nationals this weekend, starting today. 
June 22nd through the 25th at Summon Racing Equipment Motorsports Park. Gar Robinson captured his second consecutive TA2 victory with a win at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli's Indianapolis Muscle Car Challenge, Round 5 of the 2017 Trans Am Championship. Robinson endured a race-long battle with fellow championship contender Dylan McCavern and made a vital pass through the lead with eight of the 42 laps remaining to clinch the coveted Indy win in Trans Am's first appearance on the legendary Indy track. Robinson and the number 74 Pura Vida Tequila 74 Ranch Resort Chevrolet Camaro began the race on pole of the 25 car field and held the position until a full course caution on lap 19 for debris on course. The field would restart on lap 24 with Dylan McCavern in the number 24 Heritage Motorsports Ford Mustang overtaking Robinson through turn one. The two would continue nose to tail through lap 34 before Robinson finally made his move on the back of the Indy course, capturing first position and successfully defending it through the checkered flag. The move would later be named the Cool Shirt Systems Cool Move of the Race. McIver would undergo one more battle over the final laps of the race, this time with Robinson's teammate Shane Lewis in the number 72 Pura Vita Tequila 74 Ranch Racing Chevrolet Camaro. Lewis began the race from the back of the field, coming off a penalty from the previous round at Detroit, and proceeded to charge through the field, gaining six positions on the, fir- final, on the first lap and claiming fourth position on the 17th. Over the final stretches of the race, McAvern and Lewis would go side-by-side side multiple times, including the final lap with McAvern just edging Lewis before entering the front straight and taking the checkered for second position. The Panthers marked the fourth podium of the year for both McAvern and Lewis. McAvern would also set the fastest lap of the race, a 1 minute 31.555 seconds, around the 2.439 mile Grand Prix course. Fourth place would be captured by Lawrence Goshock in the number 510 Doyle ETE Roman Chevrolet Camaro, tying his best finish of the year. Goshock would start fifth and climb as high as third. Fifth place was secured by Cameron Lawrence, number 19 class Auto Center Chevrolet Camaro, after a 35th lap pass on Adam Andretti and the number 44 ECC Anchor Bowl and Screw Dodge Challenger. For their efforts in repairing the number 19 after heavy damage in round four at Detroit, first-year class auto team was awarded the pitboxes.com crew of the race, while crew chief Wesley Suman took home track gear crew chief of the weekend. The TA2 Top 10 was completed by Adam Andretti, Kurt Vogt, John Atwell, Keith Prosiuk, and Matt Parent. The seventh-place finish marked a career high for Vogt in his seventh TA2 appearance. One day prior, the Trans Am Series held an additional 102.6-mile 42-lap competition, the Trans Am Speedway Showdown, featuring the TA, TA3, and TA4 classes, with 34 entries participating. Ernie Francis Jr. claimed his fourth consecutive TA class win, while Mark Bowden secured a TA3 victory, and debutant Andrew Estwistle won TA4. The Trans Am Series was joined on the weekend by the Sports Car Vintage Racing Association, holding their Brickyard Vintage Racing Invitational, including the Indy Legends Pro-Am, as well as the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup Series. The Trans Am Series will now head north to Brainerd International Raceway for the Ryan Company's Independence Day Classic, Round 5 of the 2017 Trans Am Championship. Jordan Taylor was one lap from adding a 24 Hours of Le Mans victory to an incredible 2017 season that has seen him take five consecutive wins in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, including the Rolex 24 at Daytona and Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. 
But then disaster struck the number 63 Corvette racing Chevrolet Corvette C7R. On the final lap, Taylor encountered a fractured right rear tire, forcing him to surrender the lead and the victory in the GTE Pro Class to Johnny Adam in the number 97 Aston Martin. He lent the car home to take a third-place finish for himself and co-drivers Jan Magnussen and Antonio Garcia behind the Aston and the UK-based number 67 Ford Chip Ganassi Racing Ford GT. Meanwhile, in the GTE AM class, Townsend, Bell, and Bill Sweedler earned their third straight Le Mans podium result with a third-place run in the number 62 WeatherTech Ferrari 488 GTE fielded by Scuderia Corsa that showed that shared with full-time WeatherTech championship racer Cooper McNeil. Bell and Sweeter won the GTE AM class last year and finished third in 2015. Bell held the class lead early on, and the car was a fixture in the GTE AM top five throughout. For McNeil, it was his second trip to the podium in 2017 following a WeatherTech championship GT Daytona GTD Crash win in the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix at Long Beach alongside co-driver Gunnar Jeanette in the number 15 WeatherTech Mercedes AMG GT3. Elsewhere, full-time WeatherTech Championship competitor and 2015 GT8 Le Mans champion Patrick Pillay earned a top-five finish result in the number 91 Porsche GT Team Porsche 911 RSR. He co-drove with Frederick Makowicki and Richard Leitz. The overall race victory in the topsy-turvy race went to the number two Porsche 919 hybrid, co-driven by Earl Bember, Timo Bernard, and Brendan Hartley. It was a war of attrition in the LMP1 class, and the winning car battled back to win after spending more than an hour in the garage for repairs after Bamber lost front axle drive with 18 and a half hours remaining. The LMPT pre Class victory went to the number 38 Jackie Chan DC Racing Orca Gibson, shared by Hope Ping Tung, Thomas Lawrence, and Oliver Jarvis. The number 38 team finished second overall, one spot ahead of another LMPT P2 car, the number 13 Valance Rebellion Orca, co driven by Nelson PK Jr., David Heinemeyer Hansen, and Matthias Beck. Next up for the WeatherTech Championship is the state. They win six hours of the Glen on Sunday, July 2nd. It marks the halfway point in the 12-race WeatherTech Championship season and also represents the third round of four in the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Cup. Not the song I thought it was, but that's okay. It's supposed to be a Go Jackie Chan song, but I thought that'd be kind of funny. Anyway, Matt Brabham driving the Devil's Bist number 83 truck captured Saturday's thrilling second round of the Speed Energy Stadium Super Trucks SST Darwin Triple Crown at the Hidden Valley Raceway, besting Mesa, Arizona driver Gavin Harleen to the line after a tremendous battle between the two throughout the race. Jumping out to an early lead from his fifth starting position on Matt Brabham from Gold Coast, Queensland, originally born here in Lantana, Florida, wasted no time setting the pace of the event, working his way past truck after truck to the front. Following the Toyota tire tracks of Brabham was Detroit and Texas overall winner Gavin Harleen of Mesa, Arizona. Harleen showed how fast his royal purple synthetic oil truck was today, sliding back and forth all over the track, 
offspring off in the grass and still able to come within a truck length of Brabham for the lead. As Harleen would challenge Brabham for the lead multiple times, he would never be able to keep the number 55 truck in front of the smooth-driving Brabham. While the two young hotshots were battling hard for the lead, savvy off-road veteran Robbie Gordon of Orange, California, was making a change to the front, making a charge to the front of the pack from his seventh starting position. After a late race red flag that saw Gold Coast Australia driver Paul Moore slip over on his side, Gordon used that to his advantage to drive the inside of multiple trucks on the restart, including Harleen placing Gordon in the second position. The last corner would see Harleen get by Gordon for second place, as the Gordon truck would run out of fuel. Spitting and sputtering, the Safecraft safety equipment truck would coast to a third-place finish. Brabham would go on to capture his third victory of the 2017 season, ahead of Harleen and Gordon. True Fuel 50-to-1 driver Jeff Hoffman of Phoenix, Arizona, would continue his weekend of respectable finishes, racing hard in the top five again throughout Saturday's event to be recorded in the fourth position. Craig Dantas from Adelaide, South Australia, finished fifth in the Shannon's insurance entry, driving a great race, keeping all panels on the truck to break his bad luck streak that started after capturing victory at the Clipsville Fiat 500 back in March. Fellow South Australian Greg Gartner from Panola would start in the second position and drop back to mid-pack by lap two after getting off track several times. Settling into a good rhythm, the driver of the RNJ Batteries truck would be accredited with the sixth position. Race one winner Paul Morris of Gold Coast, Queensland, was credited with the seventh position in the Morris Finance truck after making contact with the wall through the front stretch chicane. After coming to a complete stop, Morris would climb up the tire barrier and tip over, bringing out the red flag. The SST recovery crew would tip the number 67 back on all four Toyo tires and let him continue. Bill Hines of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, would be credited with the eighth position. After encountering transmission issues on the warm-up lap in the Road Pod Transport Transformed truck. After starting from the first position and leading the first two laps, not having completely working transmission would be too much for the veteran driver, as the rest of the field would navigate past him as he struggled to keep pace. This week's guest is Molly Helmuth. Molly started racing in go-karts at the age of 11, traveling all around the Northwest in the IKF Gold Cup Series. She then moved into full-size stock cars at the age of 14, racing in the mini stock division at Evergreen Speedway for two years. At the age of 15, Molly added the Pro 4 Truck Series, racing in eastern and western Washington. At the age of 16, she made her debut in a super late model and also made her debut racing a Ford Focus Midget for Ron Sutton's Winter Circle, a developmental team based in Northern California. She continues to race in the super late model division and has been approved to run in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We are pleased to welcome Molly Helmuth to the most hardcore motorsports show on the Internet. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Good, how are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, well, thanks for having me. I'd like to... And thank you very much for coming on the program. We appreciate it. First off, I'd like to, to introduce you to my co-host, Michael Mullally in Afraid of Washington, not in your neck of the woods, who has a few questions for you to begin with. Okay, so first off, 
I would like to know what sparked your racing obsession. So um, what sparked my interest in racing was when I was younger, um, I would go out to Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington, and I'd watch my uncle race, um, Rod Helmuth, and he was racing in the Hornet division and occasionally mini stocks, and I was about three or four years old at the time, and um, I saw some bandoleros and thought that would be probably the coolest thing to ever drive. And um, so we started kind of looking into the bandolero class, which was kind of dying out at the time. And so my dad had a couple of friends that um, were doing go-kart races. So um, at the age of 11, I got started in the go-karts and then just kind of started moving up from there. Wow. Um, Who has had the biggest impact on you throughout your racing career? I would have to say my uncle um, is one of them, and then also my current crew chief, Kelly Tanner. Um, And I'd say, let's go back to my uncle, I think that he'd probably be the biggest impact just because of, one, he got me started um, in racing, and at times that I really wanted to give up and quit, you know, quitting wasn't an option for me because of him. Um, He always kept me pushing and and moving forward and and taking the positives out of every situation. Um, And then... When I look at Kelly Tanner, who's my crew chief now, um, about in 2013-ish, um, when we were, it was our second year in Super Late Models, we were kind of um, not doing so great. And so he kind of took the reins of my program in 2014 and, and really started to get my confidence back up and getting our program back on track. So um, I'd have to give a lot of thanks to, um, to my crew chief, Kelly Tanner, as well. So just out of curiosity, being so close, have you ever visited Efreda Raceway Park? I have, yes. Yes, I have. But I haven't in a long time. I think I visited it in 2011, I think, is probably the last time. So it's been a while. If I remember correctly, didn't you race the Outlaw Compact class up here one time? Yeah, it was like some mini, yeah, it was like the mini stocks or something. It was my second year, I believe. It was my first or second year in mini stocks, and I took the trek over there, and um, I believe that was my first actual win was was there um, in the trophy dash. We got a win there, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the tracks you've had the opportunity to participate at, which one would you say is your favorite and why? I think my favorite would have to be Wenatchee or the Five Eights at Monroe, um, and for two different reasons. Well, Wenatchee, I like to travel um, because it kind of takes me back to my go kart days of traveling with my dad and you know staying overnight and and in a hotel and and, and just spending time with him and, and my crew and stuff like that. And so, not only is Wenatchee beautiful, but the racetrack itself is absolutely spectacular um it's a very very small racetrack and it's high banked for you know one of as a local racetrack here in washington um and then i'd have to say the five eights at monroe just because it's so different from wenatchee because it is a very large racetrack it's the biggest racetrack in the northwest so um, i'd have to say that too because then you get the high speed and I know that it was mentioned that you plan on doing, well, hopefully, but you were approved to run in the Camping World Truck Series. What is your ultimate racing goal as of right now? Um, as of right now, um, it'd be nice just to pick up a couple of wins um, 
you know, for the rest of the season, that's kind of always anyone's goal is to, to finish in the top three, top five, and get a win, too. So that's my current goal at the moment. Um, and then long-term goal, it's obviously, yeah, I'd love to run in the Camping World Truck Series and then progress from there. But um, we all know it takes a lot of money. <laughs> so um, it's just all about sponsorship and just trying to get to that next level with them. So my final question for you before I throw it back out to the host. There are, I mean, a lot of people that would love to drive race cars and, you know, just participate. What advice would you give to, I mean, anybody wanting to hop into a race car but isn't quite sure how to go about it? I think that my advice to somebody would be start where at a lower level and then move up from there. A lot of people don't have a lot of super or racing experience in general, and then they hop into a super late model, which is, you know, the highest local level. And so it kind of, um, well, one, you don't gain the respect that way, and two, you don't really learn anything. So when you start in a lower series, such as the Hornets or the Mini Stocks, and then progress from there to Street Stocks or Pro 4, Pro 4 Trucks, or, you know, and then to super late models, you're you're learning a lot about different vehicles and race cars, different horsepowers, um, and then you're racing against different people too. So I think the the best thing would be is to just start at a, at a very easy level um, and low budget too, because I mean it's kind of overwhel- overwhelming when you kind of work your way up into the higher classes, how expensive it does get. And so um, I think starting out in the mini stocks or the Hornets, and then kind of moving up from there is the best route um, for anybody that's interested in getting into motorsports. You mentioned a few minutes ago that, and we mentioned in the introduction as well, that you currently have been approved to race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. What is your plan for that? How do you plan on getting involved? Do you have a, a, a sponsor? Do you have a, a team that you're going to be working with? How is that going to work out for you as of now? So I got approved um, two years ago. And so kind of haven't really seen anything since then. Um, All it is is about, it's all about money. It's not about, Mm. you know, somebody finding you and taking you up to, it's very rare in that, in that case where somebody truly, a team owner truly believes in you and wants to, you know, spend a bunch of money to get you into their truck. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is all about sponsorships. I have amazing sponsors at the moment, Security Imaging, Gino Home CPA, Champion Spark Plugs, Pen Grade One, High Performance Oil, and Lone Star Super Gas. They're all really great, phenomenal um, companies, um, but it's just, you know, wanting to take that next step with me um, and to take me to the higher level. But, again, it, it's it's just very, very difficult um, with the economy and how NASCAR itself is going at the moment um, for anybody to take that big step into the higher divisions. Who's your favorite current race car driver in the NASCAR series? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have, like, one particular driver, but um, I think everyone, again, likes uh, Dale Jr. A lot of people ask me that, so I, I that's what I usually say is Dale Jr., um, you know, Martin Truex is a, is a really great person to look for. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of my, my two people. Um, I obviously like Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. So there's a lot of people, but I don't have one particular driver that I look for. 
And you mentioned you like to travel for your races. Where's the furthest away from away from your home there in Washington that you've traveled to for a race? Um, the furthest I've ever traveled would have to be to California when I used to race the Ford Focus Midgets for Ron Sutton. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't traveled anywhere outside of Washington with the Super Late Model yet. So um, my dad would really like to go to Wisconsin for the Dick Trickle race um, in October. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a really long trek, but uh, it would be fun to do that. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us this evening, and we wish you lots of luck in your future career. Hopefully we'll see you in a NASCAR Camping World truck or something even better in the next few years. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Michael Mullally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. This next weekend offers up even more high-speed action on the track and off. Romaine Gross Team calls it two different circuits in one, and Kevin Magnuson says it's a mixture of Monza and Monaco. It is Baku City Circuit, a 6.003-kilometer, 3.730-mile, 20-turn street course that hosts the Azerbaijan Grand Prix June 25th. The two Haas F1 team drivers and 18 of their counterparts blast down two enormously long straights in a dumbbell-shaped layout that runs counterclockwise. The Herman Tilke-designed track blends old and new amid fast straights and slow corners. It winds through a modern eastern side where swank hotels and high-end shops reside to a historic area where the streets are narrow and before returning to the main street. A sharp left turn greets drivers at the end of that street, not too dissimilar oh from the tilt-designed circuit of the Americans in Austin, Texas, home to the United States Grand Prix. It's a unique and challenging layout that is augmented by Baku's notorious winds, which are always pre- prevalent. In fact, City of Winds is the unofficial but literally literary name for Baku. Winds of change have been blowing all year in Formula One. With this new generation of hired downforce race cars, breaking track records at every circuit visited thus far in the 2017 FIA Formula One World Championship. Baku could buck that trend, however, as the track hosted its first Grand Prix last year, when the lower downforce cars of the previous era produced significant straight-line speed. The higher downforce cars of today aren't as quick in a straight line, but thanks to a wider front wing, larger barge boards, a lower and wider rear wing, a taller and wider diffuser, and tires 25% wider than last year, these current generation Formula 1 cars dart through corners at speeds never before seen before this year. With 20 turns built into Baku City Circuit, drivers will test the boundaries of the world's fastest city circuit in an effort to make up the lost speed on the two main straights, the 2.2-kilometer, 1.36-mile main straight along the promenade and a 1-kilometer, 0.621-mile stretch that takes drivers away from Azubiquir, roasting two different circuits in one, Magnuson's musing of Baku being a mixture of Monza and Monaco, are up because Baku City Circuit is so new, there is still plenty of learning to be had. Jean finished 13th in last year's race after a potential points-paying result was derailed by debris getting caught in his car's radiator intake. 
finishing right behind Gross Jean was Magnussen, whose 14th place drive came with his former Renault team. Speaking of Renault, House F1 team comes into the Azerbaijan Grand Prix locked in a tight battle with a factory-backed squad. Renault was seventh in the constructor standings, only three points ahead of Haas F1 team. But with point-paying results in five of the seven races run this season, Grosjean and Magnussen are eyeing another point-paying effort in Baku to not only bolster their respective 12th and 13th place positions in the driver's standings, but to also take hold of 7th in the constructor's standings and potentially fight with 6th place Williams, which currently enjoys a 7-point margin over Haas F1 team. In 2016, Haas F1 team scored points in just five races, with that tally already having been equaled in 2017, and with 13 still races, 13 races still remaining, the American outfit believes Baku can be the scene of another point-scoring effort that can surpass the 2016 mark and keep the midfield battle as tight as the corners around Baku's historic Sabigil Castle. Did you know the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is the only series in all of NASCAR to race modified production pickup trucks? Did you know that Speed Energy Stadium Super Trucks feature identically prepared high-horsepower trucks made to resemble their scaled-down Traxxas radio control car counterparts? Did you know that martial arts icon Jackie Chan, owner of the Weddings featured team at Le Mans this year, has released 20 albums since 1984 and has performed vocals in Cantonese, Mandarin, Japanese, Taiwanese, and English? Did you know that when riding at maximum speed, a Formula One engine ingests air at a rate of 0.4 kilograms per second for the combustion of fuel? That's the same airflow, airflow that would inflate 600 party balloons in just one minute. And did you know that the Trans Am Series was originally known as a Trans-American Sedan Championship? Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. This afternoon, I put up quite a few articles featuring racing news, some of which we covered a little bit on the program this evening. So be sure to check out the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. Also, for NASCAR news, check out the NASCAR section of SpeedwayDigest.com. I put out a, a little piece also earlier today about the uh, the Bosch program, where they give a, uh, the, was it a contingency sponsorship program, where they gave money to Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon last month. So be sure to check that out there. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We actually had a, a uh, article that was picked up by LinkedIn News, which has 500 million subscribers. So that was picked up on Wednesday of this week. That's pretty cool. Uh, so be sure to check out Palm Beach Happening. We've got a bunch of different stuff going on there, uh, covering a bunch of July 4th information that's going to go on around town. Be sure to check that. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a nice evening. Thanks again.